So before we get underway with the latest episode, I want to turn your attention towards Betway. Betway are India's number one predictor app with a plethora of really attractive features to participate in on the app and on their website. Head on over to the link in the bio to check out Betway's latest predictor game and a whole lot more that they have for offer. This game involves financial risks and can be addictive. Kindly play responsibly and at your own risk. Hubhopper Originals. This is his first ball. Through the gap on the offside. Listen to it. Cricketnews.com presents the podcast. I'm Sumed Bilgi. Welcome to yet another installment of the show. We're in the double digits now. You're listening to episode 10. Pata hi nahi chala yaar. Kab ye safar shuru hua. Or kab dhire dhire became a part of everyday life. But it's all thanks to you that we've been able to build something so wonderful. It's been a week of absolutely absorbing cricketing action and a few developments off the field as well have all of us in the cricketing fraternity engage in multiple conversations. On the show today, we talk about the Wisden series now renamed after Viv Richards and Ian Botham. We discuss how West Indies stars might not be available for the beginning of the IPL and the guest on the show today has had the best seat in the house at a cricketing ground for over three decades across domestic and international cricket, apart from holding some major roles across Mumbai cricket and the BCCI. I'm joined by current member of the BCCI's umpires panel, Mr. Ganesh Iyer. So the England versus West Indies series has been a rather absorbing one. 1-1 at the end of the second test and by the time you're listening to this, the third will be underway. And what a series it's been so far. We've had quite a few talking points. You know, the biosecure environment, Jofra Archer's saga, Ben Stokes' captaincy first, then his heroics, Blackwood Holders' performances, Kemar Roach being on the cusp of becoming only the sixth West Indies bowler to hit 200 wickets and so much more. It's been a fitting return to cricket via the Wisden Trophy, by the way, which now has been renamed to the Richards and Botham Trophy after Viv and Ian. A fitting tribute to two greats indeed. And now having seen a glimpse of cricket return and its oohs and ahs of the game, everyone's yearning for more. And all eyes will be on how we rebuild cricket and the cricketing ecosystem from here. There continues to be cancellation of events and the latest victim is the inaugural edition of the Euro T20 Slam. However, there seems to be some T20 cricket around the corner with CPL announcing its dates for the 2020 edition of the CPL from August 18th to September 10th. As the CPL continues to work day in and night to get permissions to put things in place, it seems like they could be the first T20 league in the world to get cricket back on the calendar and that indeed could prove to be a spectacle. However, what's interesting to note is that the IPL could begin from September 19th and could go up to November 8th, according to a report in the Times of India. So it could prove to be neck and neck for those who will be at the CPL and then will fly to the United Arab Emirates to play the IPL. Remember, there will be a quarantine period as well that needs to be completed for anyone who flies in before they enter a biosecure environment. So it seems pretty evident that we might see some teams or most of the teams without their West Indies stars for the first few games. Which teams do you think will be the least affected by the potential unavailability of these players early on? Let us know in the comment section below. 
All right, time for the guest on the show. I've always been keen to have an umpire on the show because it's it's a role that has intrigued me to be very honest. The ability to deliver impartial, unemotional calls in an emotionally driven space like cricket requires fortitude and I'm a big fan of that word. We often talk about players who remain calm under pressure being the super great ones, but what about the ladies and gents who stand there in neutral clothing, take the questions and deliver amidst pressure? from 50,000 odd people and 22 really driven people fighting for a result and uh, you cannot afford to get it wrong while you do all stuff it yes many layers to umpiring indeed and without further ado let me welcome former bcci umpire administrator for mca and bcci and whilst he managed these roles he held multiple high level positions at corporate setups yes he began in rather simpler times He may still be old school but he evolved with time like all professionals in cricket did at some point or the other and that's the beauty of it. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Ganesh Iyer. You're listening to the cricketnews.com podcast. Thank you so much for joining us uh, Mr. Ganesh Iyer. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Doing well. Uh, Sumit, how are you been? uh not too bad i would like to say that uh, god has been kind uh, you know people like uh, people like us have it a much more better compared to you know many many more people out there in the world today so uh, cannot complain and i have your company today so that makes it even better oh that's nice but uh, tough times the tough get going so it's absolutely so without a shadow of a doubt without a shadow of a doubt um and also the tough people um you know stand up and lead others in a time like this which is something that you have done in fact through um you know an initiative that you sort of launched uh, to help uh, you know uh, people who rely upon cricket for uh, their livelihood including umpires scorers etc um tell us more about that that's a wonderful note to begin this conversation on uh, sumit so you see uh, when this covid thing came about i mean it- really hit us hard uh, all of a sudden although it was coming for some time a lot of our umpires because in mumbai we play matches right around the uh, week and uh, we have what 240 odd umpires on the panel who are regulars uh, but about 160 to 170 of them have some sort of a income generation in terms of employment in terms of a business mm. in terms of doing something which uh, earns them money to run their families uh, people over 60 who have pensions because you can go up to 65 so you have pensions so you are little financially better off but there are people uh, who are scorers or umpires who are totally dependent whose livelihood and families depend on uh cricketing activities and with cricketing activities coming to a standstill in a sort of manner we realized that uh, these guys could find it difficult to live it's going to be tough for them and we are a fraternity we are a fraternity which promotes camaraderie and uh, unionism among some parts and we decided uh, with a group of friends that we must do something for them for those guys who are totally dependent guys and girls both were totally dependent on uh, cricketing for their livelihood right so being that in mind uh, we started this key thing called lending a hand when we made the appeals to 
lot of people, the umpiring fraternity, the well-wishers of the umpiring fraternity. Uh, we got a good response. Right. And we started making payments in tranches to the 62 people mm -hmm. based on their requirement, based on their needs, but keep, keeping it once in 10 days, seeing the collections and uh, how it can be done. So we helped at about uh, 62 umpires to the extent of about 12,500 up to this point of time each. And then there was a great foundation called Cricketers Foundation. They do a lot for Mumbai uh, Maidan cricketers and unsung heroes, as you may call them. Mm -hmm. They were discussing with us for some time. And they came up and gave it to 20 retired umpires who were nearing 70 who needed wow. the money. Uh, it is at some point of time when you are totally dependent on sport to run your family and you retire after 65. It, it's, it's a little difficult. Correct. So they gave about 20,000 each to 20 umpires. That's about 4 lakhs of rupees. And these help. And, and for the umpires lending a hand, let me tell you, monies didn't come in from uh, just from our empiring fraternity. They came in from our well-wishers. It came in from Chennai. It came in from Amsterdam. It came in from Kerala. It came in from Nagpur. It also came in from USA, where the family of a former retired test umpire PR Punjabi donated a good sum to the cause. Wow. And to, thanks to all these donors, you were able to help umpires and scorers, whom I call as match officials, right. to overcome this crisis. Overcome this crisis. I'm not saying it is a huge one, but uh, surely a step where See, what happened is we have a group called 997. Uh, 997 is a small group of umpires. Uh, this is nine umpires of 1997 BCCI batch. We have great camaraderie between us. We have great camaraderie between us. And uh, using all the resources that we could through the newer umpires and the old umpires, we created this lending a hand fund uh, to make this uh, thing. None of the beneficiaries are ever disclosed because we do not want anybody to know who's got it. But all thanks to our initiatives of the past, we were able to do this through banking transactions straight away. I, I was very keen to have someone from, you know, the umpiring space to come on the podcast and, uh, you know, we couldn't find a better person than you with all your experience, um, decades and decades of experience that you've spent in the game. Um, I think it would help for our listeners uh, to to just understand what your journey has been like um, from the very beginning till till now, you know the multiple roles that you've played. If you could give us an overview of uh, what's your journey been like in cricket and beyond, that would be wonderful. Well, you've been kind with your words, but uh, you know I'm one of the empires. I had a keen eye for the game or for outdoor sports since childhood. I went into I played for my school. I played cricket, hockey and football for my school. And let me be honest with you. I was more inclined to football than cricket to start with. I see. Then I did my... Yeah. I, I, yeah, I finished my graduation in commerce and joined Hindustan Lever, where I worked for 12 years. And that wow. uh, was like a management school for me. And... As I was trying to grow professionally, I knew my playing time was coming down. I had a huge right. set of friends in the playing field and I decided 
I must do something to stay in touch with them. You know, in my playing days, mm-hmm. I thought umpiring was the easier option or the option which will help me keep in touch with people uh, of my fraternity. Right. So, in, when my profession, uh, professional life and uh, age, in a sort of manner, I wasn't that old, but uh, I decided I should uh, take up to umpiring, which I did. In 1991, the Mumbai Cricket Association conducted an umpire's examination. I was tutored by late A.M. Mamsa, the legend of uh, Indian and Mumbai umpiring, uh, teacher par excellence. And I got through with flying colors there. And there began my tryst with uh, umpiring, as you may call it. Since, uh, again, professional life was tough, I couldn't do weekday games, etc. CCI, Cricket Club of India, mm-hmm. had a great patron in Rajsingh Dungarpo. Yes. And Major V.D. Gupte, a former retired umpire, national panel umpire, major in the army, uh, was looking after their cricketing operation. Right. He said, why don't you do a contract with us and do weekend games? Mm. I said, fair. Saturday, Sunday games, the best way to do it because we had offs on those days. Yeah. That would not have helped in my cause in my family life with my wife uh, around saying that Saturday, Sunday is open for cricket. <laughs> it still worked. <laughs> I did best of games. Uh, that was a period in which uh, uh, I think uh, the best of teams came to CCI to practice, including the World Cup hopefuls and the qualifiers. And right. Major Gupte and Rat Singh Tungarpur said, the man who's contracted to do with us will continue to do these matches with the international teams. And gave me a great exposure, let me be honest. It also right. was a great learning curve. I then moved over in my profession to join a company called WH Braddy. It's the Braddy Group of Companies, an engineering and a marketing company. Mm-hmm. I worked there for till about 2010-11, where I was the CEO when I retired uh, after 14 years of service. Right. And in 1997, came about a chance to appear for an exam for the BCCI National Panel Empire. Right. Mumbai had uh, about 40 guys who were capable of appearing for that empire. Capable. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we did well. And the association was very supportive. And the results were there. All nine passed with flying colors. Brilliant. And it was a record sort of thing. Nine passing together. And that's how, in a way, 997 came into 997. office. Yeah, yeah. Again, professional life, CEO of a company, too tough, but made up with my own leaves as and when possible. Correct. I did a lot of games, moved over, all over India, made great friends, saw great players, predicted yeah. some carriers to, uh, to rise to India when I was umpiring their games in the age group. Right. Most of them came true. Most of them came true. I retired in 2012 as a, after having done an India versus West Indies uh, ladies ODI at the BKC Mumbai because mm-hmm. age at that time was 55. Right. So it was time to call. Yeah. But in between, I got associated with the Mumbai Cricket Association in their umpires committee uh, because probably they saw my work and my area of operations. They put me in infrastructure, they put me in finance, they put me in disciplinary committees. Right. Right. So today, when I look at my umpiring, good moments, bad moments, 
tough moments but all are great memories all are great memories and they stay back with you enough yeah, really been an enjoyable and a memorable ride and that's when i decided when i uh, passed through all these stages and came into the mumbai cricket association as a committee member for over two two terms and also had, uh, appointed by the high court of mumbai to the ad hoc committee i must do something for the fraternity and we decided to जल्द ही लेते हैं एक छोटा सा अंत विराम और वापस आते ही बात करेंगे मिस्टर अयर से अबाउट द डिमांड्स ऑफ बींग मॉडर्न डे अम्पायर कहीं जाइएगा नहीं नमस्कार और स्वागत है आपका ऑन द क्रिकेट न्यूज डॉट कॉम पॉडकास्ट आज जुड़े हैं मेरे साथ फॉर्मर बीसीसीआई अम्पायर मिस्टर गणेश अयर यू नो इन टर्म्स ऑफ एजुकेटिंग अम्पायर्स obviously i mean if a layman looks at it he would think you teach them about the rules and regulations but you'd like to think it's much much more beyond than just that isn't it yeah well you see rules and laws are like heart and mind they have to be there you have to know them you have to know them very well and that's one thing that we emphasize on and let's be honest uh, obviously it is just not the rules and laws next comes how to interpret when to interpret and how mm. that actually is the crux of what it is you know there are three stumps you know it's 28 inches this that everything what whether the ball would have hit the stumps when it was intercepted with the pad is something that you got to teach them correct both practically and by visual explanations got to teach them match management you got to teach them player management you got to teach mm. them game management game management mm. so many issues can happen so many issues can suddenly crop up you don't know you could have the, a year of having no incident at all just going smooth everything you come there you count six balls the batsman gets out he walks off everything happens nicely mm. Mm. one fine game you have oh, you have a blast you need to know how to tackle that you need to know how to get out of it you do need to know how to do the basics of practicals on the field of play right. where do you start focusing where do you start breathing where do you start looking right from the time the bowler starts his run up this comes with experience this comes with practice this comes with uh, uh, an aptitude to learn these are basics you can't miss the basics and then uh, we teach them uh, how to overcome a setback mm. how to be mentally tough in situations right and how you got to be looking strict and friendly at the same time very contradictory words mm. strict and friendly strict yeah. and friendly is not easy but you got to be a father and a mother at the same time when the father uh, tells the child something strongly the mother supports the child at the side right it's the same way for an umpire it's the same a way for an balance umpire. yeah a balance because you need to tell somebody this is the rule guy you are breaching the rule you could be in trouble yes but you say it in such a manner <laughs> that he feels he's going to hell <laughs> through the <laughs> gates of heaven <laughs> <laughs> today if you look at me uh, my teaching uh, or art level of teaching has changed from 
all these are there obviously is gone mm. to uh, physical fitness rematch fitness pre season fitness uh right. session on uh, muscle uh, uh, relaxation and tight uh, right. situations right we've gone into nutrition right all these are by experts but we got to be wow. part of it and also the advancement that is happening right. technologically in this sport correct that's the major area this is a place where a lot of training uh, will have to go up in, in coming years because technology is making good grounds uh, and i'm sure in years to come it will be a great tool yeah yeah cricket has progressed immensely and that moves me very nicely into my next question which is since the first uh, game that you've officiated till the last game you officiated how has the game changed in your view and how has the professionalism that has now come into the game changed the way um, you know you have to go about it as an umpire today it's become a full time profession because the amount of games that are being played are so huge Right. Uh, and and it's very highly paying. So if you mm-hmm. are, and it's also highly exposed. I mean, when I started my umpiring or my playing days, the exposure on a visual platform was very less. Mm-hmm. It was great on an audio platform. You had commentators doing a game, live game. I mean, they had it, de- it depended on their skill how they portrayed the game. but today you can watch it it's a visual medium you you watching it my daughter can tell me this stroke was not good it didn't look good <laughs> right my son can tell me dad that umpire is crouching yeah but it's become a visual medium so you got to be more you got to improve 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 uh, to see that when you are presented on the screen you look presentable hmm. not just by your ability not just by your ability but also by the way you move around So you look at the change, you know, uh, a previous umpire who used to—I'm just being a little loud to say this—probably mm-hmm. in the '90s walked slowly at the end of the over to his position at square leg. Mm-hmm. These days, walks walks briskly to yeah. square leg. Which you can't that's the impact it. of the. Yeah. So that's the impact. That's the impact yeah. that the game uh, visual medium has had. Correct. And thanks to uh, uh, Mr. Bindra and Dalmia. followed up by mr modi sundar raman sharad pawar and things like that the game has been commercialized worldwide hmm. it has been yeah. made into a beautiful tv spectacle which earns millions for everybody everybody every stakeholder right prior to 87 89 what was the game known about i mean 200 rupees for a ranji trophy game <laughs> 2000 for a world cup final fee 1983 yeah, for world cup final per <laughs> player today it's 35000 for a ranji trophy one day play unbelievable if you look at the if you look at the game if you look at the game change today if you look at the change of the game from when i started to when i'm uh, what i'm today ticket sales hardly contribute to 1 to 2% of the total revenue of the game. exactly exactly they they don't they count don't at matter. all yeah they don't matter yeah 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 don't matter at the end of the day yeah because the yeah. visual medium has really gone uh, to a large extent to go on and on and on 
which is why if yeah, we have an IPL sure. without the fans today, um, you know, the BCCI will be okay because it's going to be an IPL for the television audiences and uh, they, they will be fine with Absolutely. the coming in. Absolutely. Many more insights on life of being an umpire on the other side with Mr. Ganesh Ayer. Uh, do stay with us. You're listening to the cricketnews.com podcast. We're in conversation with BCCI's umpires committee member, Mr. Ganesh Ayer. The other side to, you know, the IPL and the limelight that the umpires are in, you know, uh, is obviously the corruption. Uh, that side of the game that uh, often uh, decision makers like the umpires are pulled into and they have been in the past. Uh, what is your take on that? Personally, I feel, personally, umpiring has not been touched by corruption. Hmm. A few stray cases here and there. Right. Not in India, but from somewhere else. Correct. Has happened. But those are aberrations. That, that will happen. That could have happened. But by yes. and large, by and large, 99% of the thing the umpires, that you can't lay a charge of corruption against you could probably lay a charge of incompetence at a particular moment. You could lay a charge of incorrect decision at a particular moment. But even that is being now overcome. That is being now overcome by technology. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, technology, even if it's not 100% foolproof, gives you the access to recheck the decision, which previously was, was never there. It was difficult. So everybody is under scrutiny. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that scrutiny was only enhanced the levels of umpiring. Hmm. The man has become more and more aware that if he, he probably falters somewhere, falters. Right. Not only him, but there will be his family, his friends, his well-wishers. Is detractors who yeah. talk about it for days to come. Sir, I feel um, wicketkeepers, selectors and umpires um, are three jobs that are the most thankless jobs in cricket. What is your opinion on that? Yeah. Steve Buckner the other day uh, made a couple of comments and he said, uh, you know, that two decisions that he, that he made uh, when India toured Australia is what he's remembered by. Two decisions that went wrong. And he went on to say, you know, um, I guess I wasn't the first umpire to make two mistakes in one game, but I'm still remembered by that. That seems a little unfair, doesn't it? But I think Buckner would have been better off uh, not making these comments. Uh, this is my very personal view. Mm. You make that comment. Which umpire in the world has not made an error? Absolutely. Which umpire in the world has not made probably two errors in a game? None. Let me be honest. None. none. Absolutely I, none. I could have yeah. umpired so many games. It's possible. But the Absolutely. scrutiny is so big now. The scrutiny has gone up. You know, in, in 1991, if I umpired and if I missed the no ball, nobody in the world would know. That's true. No Except the bowler today, who always feels he did today, not. <laughs> he, bowler feels he did not and the batsman non-striker says it was. So, it, it's a matter of again perception. Correct. And it and happened. Let's yeah. say it has happened. But yeah. today, you miss a no ball in a game which is televised. Yes. And a four-year-old guy will say, Dad, that was a no-ball, yeah. What, what the umpire is doing? Correct. Yeah. So, you got to enjoy the next ball that comes here. 
you've got to focus the next ball to come up. You always believe, I believe in the theory of enjoy the game. So when you believe in enjoy the game, enjoy the next delivery that is going to come up. Because what's done, dusted. You can think when you retire. You need not think when you're doing the game there. What is it about umpiring that um, you know makes you love being an umpire and continues to inspire you to contribute to you know that space? Slightly romantic question here, but uh, I want you to go down. Yeah, it obviously <laughs> has the romance of the game, but it, it's taught me a lot of things in life. Uh, that, that's mm. probably what uh, really uh, kept keeps me going there. You look at the signs. You got to look at the signs of umpire. So you got to work out when do you start concentrating. The concentration level goes up. You start reading people's mind. What is the batsman trying to do? What is the bowler trying to do? What's the keeper? Why is the fielder moving this position? You get into a position where you see the fielder doing something, you see the batsman doing something. And something different happens every time. It's not same monotonous like uh, take probably a billiards or snooker where you have a great shot and then you know somebody starts the table and finishes the table. No, here things keep happening because the state of the pitch, the state of the climate, the weather, and yeah. at the end of the day, it makes you a better human because whether you like it or not, if you go there with a bit of passion, a bit of understanding of the game, you start off as a policeman because. You got to see what's going wrong, what's going right. You got to be an advocate because you have to judge whether what he was doing was justified or not. And you're also the judge. And uh, if I add on to that, because you have to give a judgment, you're also the executioner. Correct. I would never be given three multiple rules in life of being a policeman, an advocate and a judge myself. But that's what the game has given me. And that's what makes it so great. For that, I have to own my skills all the time. And that makes it more interesting. Right. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, when you talk about journalists or you talk about writers, etc., storytellers um, around cricket, we focus a lot about, you know, the players, um, you know, a lot about the bat and ball side of things. But, uh, you know, the effort on this podcast is to commemorate the people that contribute, you know, to make the game what it is. And uh, to, you know, the the opportunity that we had here to, you know, to bring out the story, uh, to bring out your story, Mr. Ayer, and also the umpiring side of things uh, on this show is something, uh, you know, is a matter of privilege. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Sumedha. Pleasure being on the show and uh, so great of you to pick up all the unsung heroes of the game. Wish you all the best. Stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the CricketNews.com podcast. Talking to someone of the experience and values of Mr. Ganesh Iyer, it makes us realize that cricket is so much about dedication and service, isn't it? Or without the dedication and service of every contributor like Mr. Ayer and the others, shayad hi BCCI ki imarat khadi hoti aaj. Seek to yehi hai ki we must value the services and contributions of those who dedicate themselves to the cause. We must show gratitude for every contribution and every service we receive. 
and i'd like to do the same to all of you who listen to the cricketnews.com podcast our very first venture to building content for our community of cricket fans join us soon for a new edition and till then take care of yourselves and of those around you and stay tuned to www.cricketnews.com for the latest news analysis and contests where you can win some amazing prizes this is cricket news my name is sumed see you soon इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट